Well, welcome to Friday uh, Lighthouse. Hope you had a good week. Hope uh, you were mindful that God is not far away from you, but but that God is close to you all the time. Uh, sitting here with Patrick Cox. How you doing, Patrick? Doing all right. Who's on the podcast today? Uh, we have Sherry Peters on today. Sherry Peters. Yep. I did not know her dad was a pastor. And it, I mm-hmm. mean, I love this story of like her dad kind of like not living a super Christian life and then finding the Lord and then finding ministry and then yeah. finishing his career as a pastor like that. Just like a subtle growth through the whole yeah. thing. Like it wasn't like he skyrocketed from yeah. not a Christian <laughs> to a pastor in like a year, but it was just like a steady growing. Yeah. <clears throat> and it kind of started with service, like showed up on Saturdays to do the work around the church and mm-hmm. Sherry really saw that and also, I really love Sherry's stories of, you know, of her moves and like, was she, uh, I'm going to forget this. Is she in Cupertino? Ooh, I think she was. But, but kind of like in Silicon Valley be- before the Silicon was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of up there and live in rural. Yeah. I remember saying it was a new neighborhood yeah. and it wasn't that big of an issue meeting new friends because everybody was everybody new. Everybody <laughs> was new. That's right. Yeah. That's cool. So great story and, you know, real, real local, like went to Monterey High School and mm-hmm. so I love the Lighthouse Stories podcast. It's just been the opportunity to hear so many stories. Was it that Sherry and Cynthia were at Monterey high at the same time, Mm -hmm. like didn't know each other at Monterey high, but here they are years later, at least eight years later, um, (laughs) at the very least, uh, here worshiping at lighthouse and, and, uh, you know, go doors. What can I say? Yeah, there we go. Um, so there's some stuff going on in your life. Maybe we should talk about, this has been a year of what a year you've had, Patrick. It's been all over the place. (laughs) You Like you've, you only graduated from college a year and four months ago. Something like that. Yeah. And since then, since then engagement, engagement started working here. Uh, actually in before engagement started dating because we didn't date before we graduated. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I asked her out on the first date. Five days after we graduated. That's good. Hey, one thing at a time. We can... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so you, um, yeah, you started working here in January. You, um, start, you got married in July mm-hmm. and that whole time, you know, I've been spending a lot of time talking about this job really being for you kind of, a like, you know, you love the Lord, you know, you have gifts that are a mm-hmm. huge blessing to a church and kind of on a experience of, um, listening for a call, listening yeah. to see what God would have for you. And um, kind of in a relatively quick manner, we've got some answers there. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I hate to say unfortunately for us, uh, but I'm, I'm tempted to say unfortunately for us, that means you're not going to be working here anymore. Yeah. But I don't know if fortune has a lot to do with this. Like we really <laughs> see God's fingerprints in this and your and mm-hmm. Lauren's life and and um, trust it'll be good for us uh, here at Lighthouse too, and in, in God's providence. Tell us what you're going to be doing. Yeah, so uh, just more and more, I've been feeling like I was called to be more over at um, Trinity Christian High School. Yep. Um, I already coached there in cross country. Plan to coach in soccer and track as well. Um, and I've just been praying about poss- the possibility of teaching there. Yeah. And uh, talked to you about it. Yeah. And what there was like the day after you and I talked about it. Um, their math teacher, uh, resigned. Yeah. An opening opened. opening opened. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, opened 
very, very, very wide. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I, yeah, so I started this week as a math teacher over at Trinity Christian. Yeah. High. And because you're ahead of, because your your first day was this last Tuesday, yeah, we actually are lying right now. We are recording <laughs> yeah, this before <laughs> because you're not going to be here to record the intro next week. So we're doing all this ahead of time. So we're just we'll just act like you've just had the four best days of your life. It was so easy. So easy. They learned everything perfectly. Not, yeah, you had no struggles with classroom management. <laughs> like grading was fun. Yep. All that stuff. You just couldn't get enough of the whole, <laughs> the whole teaching is, you know, I teach one class at Trinity mm-hmm. and you know, I love Trinity. I think Trinity's made a wonderful decision and you're going to be great there. I'm, you're going to be my son's math teacher. I'm looking forward to that. Actually. I am too. Yeah. It's... Like I, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. You're going to do a great job. The kids are going to be blessed by having you there. Um, but I teach one class mm. and it's the Bible, which is something I am. <laughs> fairly qualified to teach mm-hmm. and it's hard yeah <laughs> like and i my first time uh my first year teaching i had a full summer to worry and prep and whatever and you've had about a week a week or less <laughs> Maybe. yeah and uh so have you dug into the curriculum and digging into it apparently <laughs> it's the uh, it's... present tense thing yeah it's it's you know it's algebra one algebra two geometry yeah. and stats yeah and so I mean, it's been 10 years since I've had geometry, but yes. luckily it's not exactly the most complex You're, math I've taken. So Yeah, yeah, right. It's not like if you could teach a calculus class if you had to, it's just a matter yeah, of like struggle, get, but <laughs> it, it, it's just a matter of getting up to speed, not with the not with the math, but with the teacher part of it. Yeah. But you're sure. get, you're gifted for it. I have no doubt. It's um and you're going to love working at Trinity. Trinity's I'm a really great place. To yeah, it. Trinity's a great place to work. Um so you're not leaving Lighthouse, though. No, you, nope. we're you guys sticking around. Are, this is our home. Yeah, we um, love that about you. Yep, it's it's a good place to be. And you're and the, you're still gonna lead the choir. Yep. Yeah, choir's still going. Um, still gonna help out with worship as much as I can. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And do all that. Just be a be a dude at Lighthouse. Be a dude at Lighthouse. I like it's it. It's been a while since I've just been a dude at church. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what that's like. I have no idea, but. Yeah. Um, I'll let you, you know, know when I find out. Yeah, I I look forward to it. You know, I and I like the the just the I don't know how I'm always uncomfortable talking about this because I only have one set of experiences. But from the vocational side of ministry, mm-hmm. I can tell you that most of the best ministry I've seen done has been volunteer. Yeah, it has not been professional Christians that have done the most life-changing stuff. It's almost mm. like professional Christians, <laughs> like the, those of us on staff have this um, responsibility to provide an environment where mm. people can minister. And also just like there's such a weakness in going, who are the ministers at your church? Well, Grant is the lead minister. No, there's a hundred of us here. Mm-hmm. There's a hundred ministers here. We're all using our gifts to minister to each other. And you have a, a ton of those, and I look forward to you continuing to use them here as you um, you know, have begin a career as a teacher. Yeah. yeah How does that sound? Career as a teacher. Yeah, that's uh that's actually the first time someone said it. And yeah. that is that's pretty pretty cool yeah <laughs> you like the sound of that i do like the sound of I that think, i think it's a good yeah. fit for you right on 
All right. Well, back to Sherry, and maybe we'll talk a little bit uh, more about this uh, next week. But uh, back to Sherry. Sherry, thank you so much for uh, coming in. It was great uh, having you here, everybody. I hope you really enjoy this good conversation with my dear friend, Sherry Peters. Hey, Pat. Yep. Roll the music. Will do. Like to for, and I still I don't know if I struggle with this, but like I am kind of a ready fire aim kind of guy in a conversation. I leave almost every conversation thinking, "Why did I say that?" Like I oh, I sound so cold. dumb, or or oh I hope I didn't hurt that person's feelings, or I'm always a little bit nervous in any conversation, and so I always am like rethinking everything and then you add the microphone in front of you and it it's, i'm not gonna look at it's it. in typical that, that's good you don't have to but isn't it funny how it just adds it does it adds pressure well please don't feel any pressure okay you're loved okay and and uh nobody's gonna make us put anything out and we're dorks, so we yeah. make everybody look good. That's Speak for thing. myself. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's right next to us. That's what we do. That's our job. Is yeah. to make See, everybody here. I always thought when I was doing junior high that that was my main job is to like be the dorkiest guy in the room. So all the junior <laughs> highs were like, "I'm pretty cool, actually." Yeah. <laughs> well, I always come off with uh, smart things I shouldn't say. Yes. Um, and I do the same thing. I think. Oh. I think I don't know why. You know what? I'm a shy person. Yes. I really am. Yes. So <laughs> the humor, if you want to call it that, yeah, kind of. I try. It kind of is an icebreaker for me. Yeah. And then if you can make someone laugh, that's right. Then it's like you're okay. Welcome to my whole life. Yeah, I <laughs> I resonate with that a lot. I, people have told me I'm funny. And I go, funny, I'm barely hanging on. Yeah. I didn't tell any jokes. Everything I said was to try to survive yeah. in that conversation, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, yeah, so I, I definitely understand that. Have you been shy since you were a kid? I, w I was. I think it's from being a fat kid. Okay. Now, that is a very bold thing to say, and I understand that. Well, like, you that's see. why I was so, like, like cocky about the trying to be a good athlete or work so hard to be a good athlete because I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be defined by being chunky. Well, you know, you don't want to stand up in front of a group because everybody's staring at you. <sighs> yeah. The little kid gets off the elevator and he goes, oh, look at that fat lady. <laughs> well, that's, I think you're, are you legally allowed to punch that kid? <laughs> I think you should be. Oh, not. Yeah. His mother was totally... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slammed their hands Isn't against his funny? mouth, and they went on to another floor. <laughs> you know what I was, who I was always jealous of, were kids that were overweight and jovial about it. Like it yeah. seems like there's a kind of person that's like Santa Claus, that's like just a big kid and doesn't care and laughing a lot. And I don't know if that's like tears it's of a cover. clown. I don't know if it's tears of a clown or whatever. But but um. But yeah, I, I always looked at that and I was like, man, I'm so insecure and it seems like some people have got this put together. So I, you know, thought it was a hard, it was just a hard combination of things. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely understand that. So, um, so that's been since you were 
Little, since you were a kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, huh. Little. Yeah. I guess. Yes. <laughs> I always say, I was always, so when, like, this is podcast about you, not me, but, um, but I was, I always say I was four foot 11 when I started high school, which is true. Four foot 11. And I always say I was four foot 11 by four foot 11, just a little cube, which is, <laughs> which is funny. See, it's a joke, but, um, and I, I was still, because I was a decent athlete, I didn't feel maybe the full brand and I had friends that I grew up with and stuff. So I wasn't super isolated, but you notice those kind of things. You kind of go, how sure. come everybody else getting tall and skinny? I haven't gotten either one of those. <laughs> you know? I was always taller than everybody till sixth grade. Mm. And I was 5'2 in sixth grade. I never got any taller. And I did start to, you know, it was a kind of a yo-yo with me mm -hmm. up and down. But most of the time it was heavy. But I was blessed with protective friends. Yeah. I had friends that were... Well, one girl was almost six foot, so she, she was the opposite. Yeah. She knew. Yeah. But it was like... They watched out for me without saying anything. They yeah. just kind of, so I was blessed that way. That's good. Did you grow up here? No, I grew up in San Francisco. I love San Francisco with all my heart. San Francisco. I love my heart there. <laughs> you should write a song. <laughs> well, um, were you born in San Francisco? Yes. Really? Yeah. In the city? In the city. Where'd you live? It was gorgeous. Yeah? It was a wonderful What time. part of town? We, I grew up in the Outer Sunset District. Uh, right on Ocean Beach, that wow. area, mm -hmm. the foggy area. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we rode our bikes to Golden Gate Park, be home by dark. Yeah. Uh, we rode our bikes to the zoo. It was free. Everything, there was mm. playland at the beach. Uh, all of us knew someone that would give us a free ride. Mm -hmm. You know, it was yeah. a great, That sounds uh, like a great child. Yeah. yeah. And there was about... I would guess six to eight of us in the neighborhood that would just huh. one boy and seven girls. That I mean, this sounds like a like a movie, you know? It like, was. Like Stand it was so, by Me or something. Where yeah, it was just, so so innocent. You know, I was talking with a friend over email yesterday about how just about how a lot of people feel lonely, you know, and I know it's hard not to feel lonely in the world. We're going so hard and whatever. It's hard to replace those like friendships you have when you're a kid or yes. you have a lot of time together. You don't you haven't really grown any interests. I mean, it's not like you have a bunch of hobbies. You're just kids. You're just playing with whatever's right. around. And so you all kind of live in similar lives. And those are sweet times. Uh, I wish we'd all stay connected. But it was in those days. It was. I don't know why it was move out of the city, you know, move yeah. to the suburbs. So when I was about nine or 10, we moved down to Cupertino. Okay. And that was all orchards, country. Cupertino was all orchards. All orchards wow. and country. And um, we were there for hmm, about five or six years and we moved down here. So how, how long were you in the city? Uh, about nine and a half ten years you moved when you were about 10 yeah so um so those sound like great memories i'd love to hear more of them either you're at the beach a lot it's foggy you're on a bike out in the neighborhood yeah what are, what are you guys doing you're playing we're riding that's what riding. we're riding the bike because you want to know it's on hill so you ride down. It takes a long time to get back up. Yes. You know. Up as much uh, Yeah. I don't remember. Well, we play kick the can and stuff yeah. like that. I know. I'm no, dating hey, myself. No, hey, kick the can is 
I don't know why that's still not popular. That is a fun game. It is. It's like the co- a combination of hide and go seek, and there's a lot of running involved. It's like a great youth group game. It is a yeah. great game. And we did play a lot of hide and seek. You yeah. Know? And Ghost in the Graveyard. Did you ever play that? No. It's a similar kind of everybody out. And oh. f- in Fog, it's, oh, it's great it be because great. it's harder to see long distances. Sure. So you're kind of hiding in plain oh, sight. Sort of I thing. can remember driving down a Sillamar Boulevard in Pacific Grove uh, with some boys. Well, I wasn't the only girl. <laughs> and with a group of friends. They deliberately took us down. This There were some white pillars, you know, and it was oh, real foggy yeah. at night. Yeah. <laughs> and they kept, I said, no, that's not real. And the more we... I got so scared. <laughs> I'm going, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And they laughed. Of course, that was a joke. Sure. You know, so. Being a kid, like, this is making me just really miss being a kid. Like, we used to play a game out at the elementary school that was a hide-and-go-seek kind of game, but the Thule fog would come in. And mm. so there's just fog up to your waist. So you could hide just by ducking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so you could stand up and see and then duck and be invisible. Yep. And, you know, like, I do feel like there's something at ah, kids these days with their video games and stuff. You know, like we were making a whole lot of fun out of fog. <laughs> that was like the big innovation. Yeah. It, we didn't really have a lot of need for anything we, other than imaginations and some weather. <laughs> barely, you know, the TV was... If it was ever on in the morning, I can remember getting the first TV, and then I can remember watching the test pattern and the bomb going off. Yes. Mm. You know, that was that. And um, But then we were outside. Yeah. You were outside all the time, and you grab a cardboard box and go slide down the sand dunes. And yeah. It was just, it was an innocent time. I'm sure there was bad things going on, you know, but yeah. you just... You were allowed and, I guess, expected to be a kid. And, you know, the weather in San Francisco gets a bad rap because yeah. it's foggy in the summer. But, you know, the thing about being around here, you can be outside 300 days a year. Yes. it's it's doesn't have that valley heat where it's 110 yes. and we have yep. to just sit in some water or something. And it's not snowing or whatever like you can yeah. be outside playing all all the time year long. Yeah. all the time and you can pretty well tell what the weather is in san francisco is going to be the same as here yeah it it's pretty close to yes. that all the time so yeah it was such good memories so do you and, did you keep in contact with any of those no in fact that's what i was going to say you know it's like everybody spread out and went after about the age that we moved that i moved was everybody was moving out of the neighborhood. Yeah. And it was kind of, I can't remember my folks keeping in contact with some people that went to Santa, Santa Barbara, but it, then over the years it drifted away. And yeah. Um, yeah, I remember Ernie, the bus driver from Gustine that lived up the street. <laughs> from and, the thriving metropolis. It was, such a, it was such an eclectic neighborhood, huh. um, Irish and Italian and, uh-huh. Um, the Jewish lady next door, and I go over there and I say, I want the kind of bread that Birdie gives me. She would give me tea and toast. Uh And it had the little, it was was Jewish rye. Uh Yeah. Yeah, and going home, my mom tried to figure it, and then she called Birdie, what did you give her? Yeah. Uh, So why does my life evolve around food? Well, so much of our culture revolves around food, and when you talk about friends, like, yeah, 
my buddy Galad Tall growing up was a Jewish guy and the food at his house, I remember being excellent and exotic and they would have normal food too, you know, but like around holiday time or whatever, yeah. uh, when I say normal, you know, they'd have American food, like yeah. they were an American family like the rest of us. But, um, but it's fun when those cultural pieces, you know, um, when we lived in Costa Mesa, the tamale cart lady would walk down the street. Oh, and so we didn't have that. It was awesome because it, it was just when Tiff and I were married, um, we lived in this condo in Costa Mesa and you saw your neighbors because the tamale cart lady, tamales were a buck. She'd ring the bell. You kind of, ah, you'd go, Hey, yeah, sure. What not? Whatever. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. I'll go have a tamale and your neighbors are there. Yeah. And it, that's just a real, that's an important cultural piece you know kind of no matter what and i grew up in a town that was largely like vietnamese and korean and okay. so yeah all those you know potlucks at garden grove high school are good yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. there's a lot of great vietnamese food and and um and korean food and just the the culture and the language in fact i and maybe you have things about san francisco that are like this we were at chipotle maybe a couple of years ago and we're sitting next to this table of Vietnamese folks and they were speaking Vietnamese and it made me so homesick. Aww. Like I wanted to go over and be like, I know I don't look like it, but I'm Vietnamese too. You know? like, <laughs> My is yeah, like that's, that, that feels right to me. And just the, you know, it's the culture you grew up with. It involves language and food and what you do and all that stuff. I think I always have a heart for the Asian and I, <sighs> My friends said that they're drawn to me because I'm short, but <laughs> I don't. I, I just, it, you know, when we have a new Asian couple in church, yeah. I, I, am I being racial? I hope I'm not being. Uh, I am drawn to them because I never <laughs> want them to be alone. Ah, you know, yeah. I don't want them to feel lonely. And uh, we had in Cupertino, we had several Asian families, and it's the fifties, and they lived they kept them yeah that sounds terrible nope that makes but sense the, but the neighbor the whole homes were their homes were, were three or four of them yeah. right in a row across the street my brother understood japanese he was like three huh. and he would go over and he'd say ji jong which was their uncle but they called him grandpa ji jong said dad to do this and that to the lawn do this and huh. i remember running home and i had my first piece of pizza and it was Japanese pizza. That's what I went home and said it was Japanese pizza. Even though it, it was just it pizza. It had anchovies on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just things like that, yeah. you know, that um, that was my first friend in Cupertino yeah. was a Japanese girl who was a couple of years older than I was. Yeah. And I never noticed any prejudice towards no, the Asians there. Um, yeah. Never. Um, I just, I have such good memories of those people. Yeah. I do wish we kept in contact, yeah. you know. Yeah. But my family is going through, my folks were going through a whole lot of marital huh. difficulty mm. that accounted for kind of the moving. I was going to ask what precipitated the move. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but it was down here that my dad and mom, well, just before we moved down here, my parents found the Lord, so... Mm. So what was life like when you first got to Cupertino? You, you meet this friend, and that's great. But, I mean, to go from 
Oh, uh, uh, we're all out on bikes, and we know six or eight kids in the neighborhood, and we're riding to the zoo. To I'm the new kid in town, and like ten is a rough age. There's never a good time to be the new right. kid in town, but that's ten's right. hard. Everybody yeah. kind of has their group of friends. Yeah. Did you there feel that? There wasn't. Oh, you know what? Um, in the tract of homes yeah. we were in. Um, there was a boy named Dwayne Olson. He had a BB gun and he let me shoot it. That's so solid. there wasn't a whole bunch of uh, This is in kids, Cupertino. In Cupertino okay, yeah. that had made friends. Oh, good. So And we lived at a dead end, so the targets, we set up the targets. Uh-huh. I was a good shot. And, um, and Jewel was my friend, Tatsuda, across the street. And so it was like, it, it wasn't like a... They all had a group already. We all knew at the same time. Oh, that's kind of was it a know, new neighborhood? It was a new neighborhood. That helps. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like, oh, okay. So you you were friends with who what you had. Yeah. Who was there? Proximity is how you make friendship and, when you're a kid. Um, yep. Yeah. And it was it was a good time there. Mm. I did miss the city. You know, yeah. I miss that. But then the sunshine every day mm-hmm. made up for it. Mm-hmm. And the orchard around you just blossoming, you know. What kind of trees? They were the prune plum trees. Oh, those are beautiful. They are pretty. Yeah. Very pretty. So Cupertino I cut apricots for a summer one time when I was 12. Yeah. At kinda, 12? Yeah, I kind of got fired. Jewel was a couple years older than I am, and she insisted I go with her. <laughs> and I said, okay. And I couldn't cut straight. I couldn't cut along the little seam okay. straight. And so finally I started crying, and I told the lady, I said, I quit because I know you're going to fire me. <laughs> Did she say, yeah, that feels she right? Did, I never And so the next day, Jewel said, the lady would like you to come back. Uh-huh. No, 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 I couldn't go. But I should. Twelve's pretty young. Yeah. Um, were they canning? Yeah. Well, they were drying them for the prunes. Oh. They were the trees they made the prunes out of. Oh. Yeah. Huh. It was bad when the dog got a hold of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet. I bet that was. Sorry. <laughs> It was a favorite. Was that of his. the? I mean, now you think of now you think of Cupertino just as the tech capital of I the know. universe. It was just a, a it was, town of orchards. It wasn't a city, you know. It huh. had a little post office. It had one one store at the east end uh-huh. and then one town and country grocery store was at on the saratoga highway wow how yeah. long were you in cupertino we were there till i was 15 okay 15 and a half and then we moved down here and that's, i got, got that, my driver's that's permit. another difficult time to move that was really hard were you a sophomore uh yes yeah that's a hard time to move what school did you go to here uh monterey high monterey high good doors yeah. So uh, that was really a difficult time for me. I and bet that. Yeah. I had slimmed down a little, uh-huh. but I still have always thought of myself yep. as fat. I don't think people understand that. Once you have a self-identity, there's never a time when you feel you can't lose enough weight to feel anything except identifying as. Or you always need to lose more. Or something. I lost 130 pounds, and I still wow. needed to lose more. Yeah. I still do. I gained back 30, so I'm still 
And you know, the thing, cause I've been, my weight's gone up and down my whole life. And, uh, I like trying to figure out the idolatry of my body or like, I like, I shouldn't find my identity as I'm a loser when the number's going up and I shouldn't find my identity as I'm awesome when the number's going down. I know. Those are the same problem. Like to just wake up every day and go, God, whatever I am, I'm yours today. And self-improvement is fine, but to find my identity in what I look like, good or bad, or what other people might think, or my ability to whatever, um, that is a, I think people who struggle with weight, that's a particular kind of struggle. To It, it really is. That's what I love about church, mm. of walking in a, even a new church. Mm. I feel like I'm welcomed. Yeah. You know, I'm not stared at because oh look at that big fat lady (laughs) (laughs) you know i mean it's just you know walking in here uh margaret threw her arms around me and started talking to me like she knew me yeah and i'm going do i know this lady from another church yeah (laughs) Yeah. and i'm going that was and then marion comes and gives me a big hug and then joanne comes up and says you and me we're going to be friends. <laughs> and turns out that worked out. Huh? Yeah. I think just to have a loving community is so important. So that wasn't immediate when you got here at 15. That 15 no, because it, no, that wasn't. Yeah. We went to a little church, a little evangelical Baptist church, Italian on Pacific street before urban renewal went in near where Toria's market is now. But Toria's was on, the other side okay and um <clears throat> that church became sanctuary by the way the urban new- renewal was coming in and we had to yeah. move someone donate i don't know all the details because yeah. i was hit and miss at church uh, my parents were working and so they would go in the evenings and wednesday nights mm-hmm. and so they were working and so they would say, you go to church, and i say, okay, and I'd have someone keep me a bulletin. Yeah, now we're talking. That's, <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. And so I wasn't walking. I was a new Christian. Well, I had just become a Christian in Cupertino when I was about 14. Huh. So I was pretty new. Uh-huh. And, um, and just young in general. I just, yes, and I just... Um, didn't grow on the Lord, yeah. but it was a sweet church, but it moved. Yeah. I mean, they got the property in Carmel Valley, became the first Baptist church in Carmel Valley, yeah. and it was so far to go. Most of the people didn't go there. So um, my mom and dad managed Foster Freeze on Lighthouse, where Gianni's is, and the hmm. pastor kept coming in from the Southern Baptist Church up in the corner, Peninsula Baptist, and he kept inviting them to church. Yeah. And so they got involved in that. And the, Okay, so that church is like in the neighborhood right off the 68 little A-frame. Oh, well, that's where it moved to, but it was a, it, it's a, a Coptic church now. It's oh. on the right by Trinity High. Yeah, Bellevue. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, it's that, like an Egyptian yeah, Orthodox church yes, or something. Yeah. Yes, okay. yes. So um, <clears throat> we were there for a long time. Um it was a good church. Yeah. It was a good church. Um, but there wasn't a lot of youth in the church. Yeah. And then I probably wasn't too interested. So 
Well, tell me about the story when you're 14. What, how, how'd you come to Christ? Okay, so it's really my mom and dad's story, but neighborhood lady uh, was witnessing to my mom. My, mm. mo- my mom and I were not close. She mm. is very, <laughs> I love, she's very opinionated, okay. and if you did not think the way she thought, you were wrong. All right. Okay, my dad was the opposite. Mm. <laughs> so they were going through a divorce. Oh. So the neighbor lady. At 14. At, well, actually, probably going on most of my life it uh, was okay a, it was a difficult marriage it was difficult yeah my dad's fault mostly <laughs> <laughs> yeah well hey call it like you see it i yeah. know yeah. i know what it was yeah um yeah he's too handsome for his own good mm, anyway preach um, patrick patrick knows all about that <laughs> <laughs> you better behave yeah, that's right. <laughs> So uh, this lady witnessed to my mom, young woman, young mother with four little kids, yeah. witnessed to my mom. My mom accepted Christ as her Savior, huh. uh, came home, and is telling me, you need to be saved. Huh. That's the way it is. If you don't trust Jesus, you're going to hell. Well, that's... And you need to... <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know, I just yeah. turned her off. Yeah. And she got... She, this woman introduced her to this little Baptist church, um, sweet, sweet little country church, and um, she she kept after me, and finally I just got sick of hearing it. Yeah, and I can tell you, <laughs> badgered I, into the kingdom of God. <laughs> I went to bed that night. I can tell. I can remember what I wore. I can uh-huh. remember the nightgown, and I said. And I didn't know how. I didn't even know what being saved really was. Right. Okay. So I said, God, if this is real and I need to be saved, uh-huh. please save me. Oh, man. And he did. Yeah. And there was a peace that I hadn't had in my life. Hmm. And don't make me cry. Hmm. Anyway, so I got up the next morning and I told my mom that I was saved. Hmm. She said, you're not saved. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, I mean, your mom's only been a believer for a, a matter of days at yes, this point. Yes, so she yes. doesn't so have it all I put together. I would say less than a week. Okay? Yeah, yeah. You're not saved. How yeah. do you know you're saved? I said, because I asked God if he was real. To, that's not how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just say that. Um, you know, I didn't. You don't know anything about jesus at this point no. or uh, the cross no. or the resurrection well you know my grandparents on my dad's side were christians mm. and nazarene and but they lived in washington state so we mm. would see them sometimes in the summer my grandmother took me to church when they went she li- taught me the lord's prayer okay and she prayed with me every night but i really didn't know anything about salvation right or anything. I can remember preachers, pastors visiting my mom and dad's house in San Francisco and we'd go to church maybe one time. Yeah. And we didn't, didn't take yeah. we didn't go back. Yeah. So I told mom and she didn't believe me and she called the pastor up. And Pastor Joe Green came and he talked with me by ourselves. Uh-huh. Oh, he had a uh a gal in her twenties with us that she was, um, she was studying to be a missionary. Okay. So 
he prayed with me, talked with me, and so I can still remember afterwards, he took me to sit in the living room with my mom, and he said, Jenny, your daughter knows Jesus. Yeah. And that was all it took. She believed, she believed him. She believed me. (laughs) And my dad wasn't in the house at the time. They were, they were divorcing. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know why he, I don't know all the details. I don't know why he agreed to, um, meet with Pastor Green. And he did. And he trusted in the Lord. Mm. And so he didn't move back home right away. Mm. But we all started going to church together. Really? And, you know, I would say it was within a whole month's time. And my dad, I just felt that that's why I'm so invitation, invitation. Mm. My dad um, started to get up. And I knew I needed to go forward. I needed mm. to profess Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we both went down the aisle together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we weren't sitting exactly together, so he didn't know what my plans were or mm-hmm. anything like that. And we trusted in the Lord. As, mm. or yeah. Gave yeah. our testimony as best yeah. you can, you know. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be good. No. I mean, certain words or That's something right. like that from the heart. And um, I was probably crying like I am now. Yeah. So um, then I don't know how long, wasn't very long, before my dad and I were baptized together. Oh, how My mom had already been baptized. My brother at seven trusted in the Lord and Mm. was saved Mm. and was baptized. And um, so we stayed in that church for a while we lived there. But there was a lot of... um, outside influences calling on my dad Mm. so he thought it best that we move Mm. so we moved down to um, monterey and your dad managed fosters for you my dad well my dad was a milkman in san francisco okay i can remember going down lombard street in the milk truck without a seat because they were stood up and drove oh my gosh oh yeah and (laughs) <laughs> and I think that was part of my love of the city is I would go all over. You know, yeah. it seems like I was always with them. I'm sure I wasn't, huh. you know, but it was a it was a really special time. So he transferred down to Cupertino uh-huh. to get away from the influence of San Francisco. OK, different influence of Cupertino. Yeah. So we moved down to Monterey mm-hmm. and he worked at the dairy for a while. And then he got on he became the manager of the foster freeze on lighthouse and mom worked it too Hmm. and they got more and more involved in the church Hmm. and and um, dad asked pastor glenn if he could be the janitor at the church Hmm. didn't want to didn't want pay Hmm. can i just go yeah so my dad would go down there saturdays and just sit down there he'd work you know clean up the church and then he said he was he says there's a real peace there there's huh. a real peace there huh. and um then he felt he grew he grew a lot in the lord and then um 
pastor said was by then Pastor Glenn had gone to Iran as a missionary. Hmm. Uh, came out in what was it eighty nine when the uprising of the Shah was, but uh, yeah. And Pastor Littlejohn that founded this church hmm. was the pastor there. Oh really? And um, anyway, um, my dad just kept getting closer and closer to the Lord. And uh, then the church sold that building and moved up to Del Monte Park and Pacific Grove to the little A-frame. Okay, yeah. Which was a big mistake. Um, <laughs> no, it really was. Yeah. I mean, it was the association. that They, they tried to say, you don't want to move smaller. And yeah. it always remained a small church. Yeah. So while he was up there, we had a wonderful pastor named Meacham. He was a retired chaplain. And... Um, my, he told my dad, he says, I think the Lord's calling you to be, um, I think the Lord's calling you to be a deacon. And um, dad said, well, I know he's calling me, but i just not worthy of that. Huh. And yeah. Pastor Meacham said, none of us are yeah, ever welcome worthy. To the club. You know? yeah. And um, anyway, he, he was taking classes in the seminary, Golden Gate Seminary, you know, by mail. In those days, it wasn't the yeah. computer. And um, so he he did. They ordained him as a deacon. And then he felt this calling, and he kept saying, Lord, Lord me? Yeah. Why would you, yeah. What can you do with me? Yeah. And um, so then he um, answered the call. And, um, they called him as pastorate. Peninsula when Brother Meacham left. And your dad was a pastor then? Uh-huh. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like your dad went through an incredible transformation. Oh, it was like, you know, in Christ you are new, become a new creation. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I think I was so close to him. Um, he has a sweet nature anyway, mm -hmm. but he used it, you know, with the yeah. women. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. but when he became a Christian, he became a totally new person. Wow! It was it was um, a complete change, and it was such an example to my brother and I. Did you enjoy watching this change? Oh, I couldn't believe that that was my dad. Huh. You know, um, and you know what? I always thought of him as a good dad because he was loving and he You're was in the milk truck with him. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and I had those good things, but but I knew about his, what he was doing i mean you can't and, yeah you can't hide that from kids yeah so um he just became so totally so totally new wow and um i loved him even more because huh. i saw what a difference the lord made in his life yeah. and somehow it was permanent i knew that hmm. i knew this time it was permanent yeah you know that this was it and uh so yeah, so here you see this man that lived uh, for partying and huh. come to know Jesus and um, become a pastor. That's uh, it was crazy. Only, it was only a pastor for about four years. He got cancer and he mm. he passed away. But mm. um, and you know, I think that's not Dad's death, but him becoming a pastor kind of brought me out of my shell because my mom never really got over dad's infidelities yeah and 
so she kind of <laughs> she would stay home to punish him from church. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, this is yeah. awful. Yeah, no, it's she life. Everybody's and, family's and the, got life happening. You know, the congregation say, Oh, Jenny's mad at you again, but they always knew. <laughs> and he just took it, you know, like yeah. it was. Yeah. That's the way it was. So, you know, when you had visitors, uh, I can't do, I think I, not knowingly, that's what I was doing, stepped up to yep, take absolutely. my mom's place. Yeah. And just they would welcoming. all be invited yep. down to our house after church. Yeah. And, you know, I never saw a chicken go so far. How do you feed 20 people on one little chicken? Yeah. And there's, I, mean, I always think of the bread and the, lo the loaves <laughs> of bread and the fish, you know? Yeah. How do you do How did that? you do it? What was the go-to recipe? Was it a casserole? I, uh, or I, usually or? we had casseroles or, or sometimes we, yeah, I always made sure there was something in the house just yeah. in case there yeah. was a visitor. Yeah. You know, and so the little church blossomed from about 15 to about 60. That's great. Hey, you can have a lot know? of fun at a 60. We know this. You can yeah. have a lot of fun at a 60. And you know, church. we would have, oh, it was such a good time. Yeah. We would have uh, youth led revivals. You know, the Southern Baptist Association, we get the summer missionaries. Yeah. The kids would come up yeah. and they always taught Bible school and sung and led you know worship services and uh -huh. it was so good huh. and and in that neighborhood that is it was a very cold neighborhood it was very everybody was already set where they were going sure. and we knocked doors we had yeah. parades hmm. <laughs> wagons and kids and stuff and we'd have 59 in bible school huh. you know and sometimes you would get I remember getting one or two families that came, sure. you know, and stayed. So, I mean, how do you put a price? God doesn't put a price on one. So. Well, and, you know, just for you to watch your, your family transformation from falling apart to dad really stepping up and not just leading the family, but leading the church. And yeah. that's a pretty incredible thing. Yeah, it was. Well, let's go back to 15. Okay. You get here. Oh. Not a lot of friends. No. Ditching church. <laughs> Um, and it, it was kind of tough. It was very hard. Was high school just tough? And after I that? was, I was, um, I was shy. Yep. You know, and at the time I wasn't really heavy, but I still thought I was fat, yep. you know? Yep. And, um, it was hard. Um, I'm not a joiner. Yeah. And, uh, I don't want to tell you how I met my my friend that's still my friend. Yeah. Um, but she passed me a dirty note, yeah. a dirty joke <laughs> during English. And, you know, I was a really good girl. I was shy yeah. and I was yeah. quiet. Yeah. And I wasn't sure I got the understood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I kind of laughed. Yeah. You know? And um, there was like four or five of us in the corner of Miss Sperling's uh English class. Well, this was by this was my junior year because we'd left. We got here my junior year, so I'm sorry I, yeah. I lied, not, <laughs> not deliberately. Understood. It was even miserable my sophomore year at Cupertino because I'd gotten so fat. Uh, okay. And so then I, during the summer and stuff, you know, I slimmed down, okay. and then you're going to a new school. Yeah. So anyway, Florence passed me this joke, and 
she was so easy to talk to. Yep. And she wasn't a nasty person. She wasn't yeah, a she bad just had girl. a funny joke. You know, it's one yeah. one of those things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we became friends and started talking and then pretty soon it a little circle in this back corner, you know, got noisy, pretty noisy, and she, Mrs. Burling, moved. Okay, Danny, you're going to be sitting over here now. Okay, Charles, Charles Whitcomb, you're going to sit over here. Now it's down to two or three of us. <laughs> the noise is still there. <laughs> Florence goes. She goes. Okay, Florence, uh-huh. you're over there. She uh-huh. was a trouble. Yeah. And then there was. There was still noise. It was me. It was you. It was me. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know why. You just kind of were I, coming I, out of your shell a little bit. I and, did. I don't know. I don't know what. Well, you it probably was. were wanted some friends. Yeah. I mean, you were new yeah. in town and needed some buddies. Yeah. Everybody needs yeah. some friends. And you know, it's so hard to move when you're in high school because high school is that time where it really flips and you want your friend's approval more than you want your parents approval. Exactly. And so if you don't have any friends to say, am I doing okay? Am I, you know, am I cool or am I not or whatever it's, you know, and then, you know, your mom or dad are telling you you're still our special princess and you're like, shut up. I wish I had heard that. (laughs) That's not what you had I never heard that. (laughs) Well, you are a special princess. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I I am. I'm a child of the king, a daughter of the king. But yeah, so it was just a, it was a hard time, you know, and I did not live for the Lord. Yeah. And my parents worked all the time, but they were faithful to the church, uh, to going to church and and dad, especially learning in the Lord. But I was not faithful mm-hmm. and I did not grow in the Lord. And yeah. there were kids that invited me to the youth group, mm-hmm. but I was too cool for that. Yeah. And um, so it was, it was hard. It was really hard. And eventually all I can say is the Lord called me back to him and I mm. couldn't not I couldn't answer not answer yeah and when I turned back to the Lord I made a promise that I have kept all these years and this is when I was about 19, 19. 18 19 yep. I said Lord I will never never quit going to church never mm. quit worshiping you mm. And so there are times, Pastor, yeah. when I don't want to come to church. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I have those Sundays too. But here I am yeah. because I made a promise. Made a promise. And, the, and the Lord kept his promise to me. Mm. He saved me. Yeah. And so that's, and then that nasty little girl that passed me the note <laughs> yeah. became a Christian. Uh-huh. Um, I wish she was still walking with the Lord, mm. but I have hope that one of these days. Yeah. And um yeah. So that was high school. It's, did it's, did you drive a car in high school? Did I have a car? Yeah. Oh. Well we had a friend that had a car. But I had a car. Yes, that was another story. It wasn't my car. Yeah. It was dad's. All right. What 59 was it? Fifty nine Dodge. Hmm. The big fins. Yeah. Yeah, and we have, this is a tradition around here. We have to look up your car. It's beautiful. It was it tan this? and white. It had push button, push button gears. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was really pretty. Whew. Yeah, boy, I thought I That's was hot gorgeous. stuff. Yeah, well, you were that. hot stuff. Look at oh, that thing. Yeah. Holy <laughs> smoke. The, the only trouble is I only got it when I was going to the library. You know what I... <laughs> <laughs> well, once you're in that car and headed towards the library, and you have then, some options as a teenager. Then Dad made me take my brother, my little brother with me. The uh, Yeah, to so tell we, on you. So we would go and drag Maine. Alvarado. Alvarado. Yeah. Yes. Duck, buddy. Duck. Yeah. Get down. Get down. <laughs> Can't be seen. Well, there was room for him to duck down. That's a big car. Yeah. God, I we, love we the. I our... love the rear view mirrors out on the fender. Oh yeah. Well, I don't remember that too much. Yeah, I see probably didn't here? use them very. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're <laughs> just moving forward. But I love the push button gears. There was no gear shift. I don't know handle. if I've ever seen push button gears. I don't think well, I you know what? Do you think that was in the next car he had, which was a '61 Pontiac? I have no idea. I don't know. It was '61 Pontiac. So what, did it have a clutch? No, it was automatic. No, it was automatic, and you push the gears yeah. as you go. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah. Almost. That's almost yeah. how I'm like. But a you know, I learned to drive on a '51 Packard. I taught myself a '51 Packard green and it would get stuck in first gear so i would be at a stop sign or something then i would have to get out lift the do you know how heavy those hoods are <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh and then i had to crawl up on the mm. 51 packard yeah it was green yeah and i'd have to crawl up on the hood and we kept a little stick in the car yeah and beat the gear till it moved out of it yeah <laughs> But you know what? You were 16 and people, and I taught That's myself fun. Go, because it was a friend's car that lent my parents this car temporarily. Uh -huh. Gosh, Johnny must have loved me to let me use his car too. Yeah. And I would go up and down Prescott and Hoffman to teach myself to do the yeah. the shifting. Yeah. And the Isn't that clutch. funny? That's what that's what my 16 year old does to work his clutch is go up and down Prescott and Hoffman yeah. to figure it out. So, well, I tell you what, if you can drive up Prescott yeah. in a clutch, you could get pretty much anywhere. That's yeah. about as bad as it gets. Yep. We have a little, you know, I live in the neighborhood right here and, and up at the That's top the, of Kimball, yes. there's a, it's like a curve and really steep at the same time. And yep. yeah, all of, all two of yeah. our kids who have driven so far, it's like, that's, if you can do that, yes, you can you're, you're fine everywhere. So yeah. that's what I taught Chris up on Prescott. Mm -hmm. um, Dennis gave up and never got his license until he was 18 and got an automatic. Is that right? Yeah. I feel like you should try to drive a stick. Mm -hmm. You know, so Chris, yeah, Chris learned to drive this stick and been at so it ever let's since. Let's talk about your kids. You're, you okay. have two boys. Oh, yeah. Okay. Two boys. Yes. And they're adopted. And they're adopted. And, and they're they half know brothers. They, they know it. The, oh, <laughs> but it was never. It was a non-issue with uh, us too. You know? Our two adopted it kids. It was like, we, it's just, oh, it's a circumstance of your birth. That's the way it is. That's the way God made the family. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it was. Uh, we got them when they were three and four. Um, we had gone through the Children's Home Society, which is now Kinship Center. Yep. Yep. Um, Shout out to Kinship Center. And we went in there and we said, uh, you know, so you don't, 
just walking. Okay, we want a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where do you, where's the line for? <laughs> yeah. What's, what's, uh, yeah, that's what. So, well, this is our process, and we will have you meet in a group, but we'll meet with you for a while, and we'll see exactly how we can get a child for you to fit. Mm-hmm. And so they said, uh, do you want a baby? And I said, well, yeah, I, I, well, I want a baby. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, give me a baby. And um, they well, what's the maximum age you'll take? Um, I said five or six because I want them to still believe in Santa Claus. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. And uh, Bob said 11 or 12. I go, and she goes, oh, that's interesting. Okay, so she, Carol Bishop, gave us this book. Carol to Bishop. Read. <laughs> yeah, wow, Carol Bishop. How she, are you, Carol? She Bishop? gave us this book to read. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bob doesn't read it. You read it and tell me what it says. Yeah. And I'm going. It was frightening. Yeah. It was really frightening to think of getting an older child. Yeah. You know, and you that's exactly what they know, said yeah. for someone that's not been a parent. Yeah. It's very Or doesn't have a I just feel like every child, no matter how they come into your home, whether it's the old fashioned way, through foster care, through international adoption, whatever, you have to have a particular call to that child. Yeah. And people who are called to foster and adopt older children are called to it. They're they're designed for that. Yes, it's a specific exactly. kind of call, mm-hmm. um, which is different than like you know. And those people would probably go. This is one of the biggest things I learned at the classes over at Kinship Center, is I kind of felt guilty for saying like, well, no, we'd like somebody younger than Zach, and right. you know, we'd like we we didn't feel like we could handle big like medical problems. Like sure. there's children with you know this child has right. leukemia or. Yeah, or has we, disabilities where, and we didn't feel like we could handle all that. And I felt guilty about that. Mm. And then you go to the classes and there's somebody who's like, I'm single. I'm a nurse. I would love to have a child in my home mm. that, that I could really pour into right. and medic handle medical stuff. And you go, Oh, God's raising up all kinds of people for all different kinds of kids. Yeah. So you, you looked so, at, yeah. So, but then they said, because Bob was a quarter Wampanoag Indian that that would be very easy to get a baby probably because uh, and he's uh, Spanish and English because of his ethnicity. Yep. Okay. So uh, we went through the classes. We went with a group of people and um, we watched them get placed or they get placed and then uh, Carol has said okay. So we still met on our own the group still continued to meet it was it was very sweet and um then carol said you won't you won't if i you know what carol sorry if you're listening because (laughs) i probably got this wrong but you won't hear from me again until we have a child to place in your home yeah we said okay so by then she put you know, we wouldn't take a child over five. Would you take one with diabetes? Yes. Sure. Yeah. Would you take this? Would you take that? Would you take a crippled child? That was really hard. Yeah. You know? Right. I don't know if I. You could have do to evaluate that. yourself and say, mm-hmm. "What am I able to do?" And know that God is raising up people who would say, "Yes, that's actually what I'm hoping for." And then yeah. also, you know, then I remember saying, "If if you are placed with a child is placed in your home and it doesn't work." 
sometimes it just doesn't work. That's very hard. And I'm but, going, yeah. Oh, I'm not going to the SPCA and getting a no, puppy, you that's know. That's right. This is a <laughs> this is a commit, you know, it's a really big And until commit. you've been in this these these conversations sound so odd to somebody who hasn't had yeah. to sit and think through this stuff. I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. We've, I know you we've do. had all those conversations yeah. and <laughs> you look back and go it was the most natural it, it, like my two adopted kids, the most natural thing in the whole world. It just feels like I can't remember which two of the I four are adopted. Like my... it, but but when you're going through that and you do have to like wrestle with, what am I able to do? Because nobody's able to be a parent no. to start with. None of us have. You know <laughs> oh what I my mean? Like, gosh, they my should poor not kids. They should not give children to me <laughs> in, in any capacity. Yeah. But um, but those are hard conversations because I don't know about you, but we really had a. Well, I guess I'll ask you, what was the motivation for you? Was there some, like, we had very religious motivation. Like, we wanted, we oh, felt like. No, I was just wanting to be a mama. That was the big that thing. Was all, that was all it was. We okay. weren't able to have babies. We'd gone through a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. And I didn't take no from the Lord as yeah. an answer. And we had had a couple in church. We weren't close to them, but their kids were pretty well grown that had been adopted. Uh -huh. And she said, why don't you go to the Children's Home Society? Yeah, and at least listen, see what's yep. see what's going on. So that's what we did. I see. And so I just wanted to be a mama. Okay. I just, uh, boy, I let a, left a lot to be a desired as a mama. But I always, yeah. I, I remember telling some young mothers, I said, God's the one that fills in the gaps. You know, it's he a wall. You're because, building this yeah. wall, and there'll be mortar missing god smooths that over god yeah. fills it so that's what we did when i got a call from carol i was my friend was over at the house with me and she said uh and i was on the phone with uh jenny laredo on the and when and i had just hung up so just visiting so carol said called and i'm just chatting with her and she said don't you know why I'm calling? Yeah. <laughs> I go, well, I was just talking to Jenny and but, who was in our group, uh -huh. by the way. So I go, oh, so why are you calling? And she said, well, I just wanted you to know. I was wondering if you and Bob would be available to come in this afternoon after he gets off work. Um, we have two little boys for you because mm -hmm. we had said we would adopt a sibling mm -hmm. group. Mm -hmm. I said, what? Mm. <laughs> and she said, we have two little boys. By this time, we had been convinced we were going to have a baby. Okay. I go, two? Mm -hmm. And she said, three, they're three and four. I said, two? Jeez. And that's all I could, I, I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't get over. Well, because when you're planning, you're thinking about this is the baby's room that's right we i know how i want to decorate the baby's room yeah. i know what colors and so two is two is not double two is infinitely more <laughs> than one two oh two that's yeah. all i could say yeah and so um i left a message at work for bob to come home and he did and he goes two <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. Carol had said, these little boys, boys, mm -hmm. two boys, oh, two boys. And she said, oh, they look just like you and Bob. I said, 
Wow. So we went in, and she told us how she, it was a count, a combination of county from Contra Costa County was mm-hmm. working with them. And she said she had opened the packet, and she said, there, said there's Bob and Jerry. Huh. So we went in and saw these pictures of these sweet little boys. Yeah. Uh, night and day. And um, the one little boy had a history of epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We, we said yeah. we would we would do this. Um, we were in church. I am amazed at how small of a Christian I was. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I know, maybe you don't know. But it's just like, it's amazing when I look back and I think, sometimes I left God out of so many, so much of the equation. I was a Christian. I loved Jesus. I prayed, went to church, just, just was so immature. Just living your life. You know, yeah. yeah. Yep. But anyway, so we got these two little boys. Well, we got to go up and visit and meet them in the foster home. We went to the playground. Our, our, Carol Bishop went with us, and the, we met the social worker up there. We had made a little booklet of what the family was yeah, like and right. all that yep. stuff. Yep. Ours was kind of skimpy. Yeah. And um, so um, they had said, now... You want to understand that you're strangers to them, and we've done the best we can. They haven't been praying for you like you've been praying for them. Exactly. They don't even know they want you. That's right. Okay? So we went to this playground, and these two little boys are climbing on the monkey bars. And Chris was on the swing. Dennis was on the monkey bars. And um, they said, go ahead and go over and meet them. Oh, we went over there. I was really awkward. Yeah. Because I knew I didn't want to overwhelm them. This is just a kid in the world. Like they didn't know me. They don't know. That's right. Yeah. And um this little voice goes, Daddy, Daddy, push me, push me. We're just standing there. (laughs) Carol says, Bob, he's He's talking to you. Wow. And the caseworker had done, well, it's the Lord. Yeah. But the caseworker had done such a good job of preparing those little boys for us. Mm. Um, They had been in the foster home they were in. Dennis was 18 months and Chris was six months. They'd been there a while. So they had been there a long time. So. um, The, The kind of. Like I'm feeling all those emotions. Like I, every time when I just see a playground, I frequently think like how many families have changed on the swing set or whatever, because that's where it happens Yeah, is you're on a playground and the kid doesn't know what's happening. I have these memories of, of our kids in a swing, just like you're talking about and you're pushing them and you're thinking what's going on in this kid's head and what's going on in my head. Like, I don't feel like I'm, a good enough person, but I have, it's just a very, there are so many emotions involved with this. So just a little thing like daddy can, I know, mama, mama, mama. Yeah. And Chris, 
<laughs> it's so funny. Um, he would always say, you got it, mama. You mm, got it, mama. Funny. Those are things you, you can't. You treasure in your you heart. Yeah. I'm going. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we visited him once, about twice up there in Contra Costa in Brentwood. And um, then they said, well, they could come down and spend uh, a weekend with us and see how it worked. And so uh, they came down. We went to the Feast of Lanterns. Yeah. Um, fell asleep. I was indignant because a friend's brother thought Christopher was a girl. <laughs> he had the big curly locks, you know. You don't have to be friends with that and, person. And right? um, so we, yeah. So um, it was fine, you know. It was it was okay. They weren't able to meet any of the rest of our family at the time. So we took them back. And we had one more visit with them in Contra Costa. And they said, oh, they'll be coming home with you for good. I said, what? Yeah. Uh, because we thought it would be a several-month process of the children getting to know us. And um, it wasn't. It was like, boom, Well, you boom. know, they have this process that they tell you about. And I don't, you know, now's not the time for me to tell all of our stories, but... There's this process, they say, here's how it works. But what they don't tell you in the classes is, it is always an emergency. When a child needs a home, yes. it's never something that's well planned out. It's always, life is happening at a fast pace and we, mm -hmm. this kid needs care right now. So it, I don't know if I've ever heard that, that process that they kind of tell you, here's how we'd like it to yes. look. I don't know if that has ever happened mm -hmm. because it's always more an emergency than that. Well, you know, our boys, we were told, the caseworker up there has said to us, we so grateful to find a home for them. She said they've been up, available for adoption for years. Wow. A couple of years. Uh, the foster mom wanted to take one of them and didn't want the other one. Oh. How do you have a baby from the time they're 18 months old? And not, yeah. I just, she said, I just, okay. But we she met has the, her story too. Like, who yeah, knows? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, anyway, but the caseworker told us that I said, well, then what, if they're available that long and there's people waiting for baby, waiting for yeah. kids. And she says, you know, there'll be a stack sitting on a judge's desk just waiting for him to sign it off. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. And she says it's real sad. Yeah. It's real sad. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we wanted them. And we wanted them really bad. So jump ahead to get them, bring them home. And it was like Chris cried one night. One night. And Dennis said he could hardly. Dennis was very, very quiet little boy. Mm -hmm. And he said to Christopher, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We're never, never, never going back. Mm, at four. At four. Whew. And just think, what is going on in a kid's heart that makes him say that? Like Never. Uh, that's just a very, there's a lot of loss there, even if it's a good thing, right? Yeah. Even if he's excited yeah. about it, you think, man, their lives have been turned and completely why, upside down. You know, um, we, we told him this was just, they knew nothing. Chris walks in the house and we have... Um, we have a 
a picture on the wall with Jesus, just his hands, his robe mm-hmm. and his hands mm-hmm. out. And he said, I said, do you know who that is? And he says, it's Superman. <laughs> <laughs> You're close. You're not right. <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah. So, and it's like, you know, um, the God man. this is the way God made our family. Yeah. Okay. We yeah. don't have all the answers. No. And this is the way God did it. Okay. They just, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, but Dennis said when he's about, what well, would he tell me? Had him a couple months. He said, well, if God made us a family, yep. Why did He wait so long? Yep. Mm, great okay. question, kid. And so I'm going through this. Well, God works in His own time, and He loves us, and He was making things a plan for us all, and it was all going to work out. Mm-hmm. And He just didn't. Dennis did not get it. Yeah. But why? But why? Finally, Bob says, because that's when the judge decided we could have you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That was the end of it. Well, and it's a great answer It because it's like, I can't parse out why this and not that and timing and all of that. Mm-hmm. You ha- all you all you can really see is the physical stuff. And yeah. so. I was huh. so afraid that I was, I, we had the upstairs and the downstairs and I wouldn't sleep upstairs because I was so afraid Chris was going to, because they said there could be an adjustment period with him being having, uh, he was taking phenobarbital for his mm-hmm. epilepsy and all this stuff. I was so afraid. And my dad said, you can't live that way. God's not the God of fear and you need to, he'll be okay. You have to believe he's never going to have a seizure again. Do you know, he never had a seizure all the time we've had him. Is that never right? had a seizure. Wow. And the wonderful pediatrician we had said, I think his chances of having a seizure again are like one in 10 million. I don't think you have to worry about that. Wow. But he says, don't label it as epilepsy. He says, don't give a child a, a label. Hmm. He advice. said, uh, he's a little boy that happens to have had seizures. Leave it at that. Good advice. And um, so between the, the doctor's reassurance, because I was very insecure as a mom. I mean, mm-hmm. am I? And what if this little boy has a seizure and, you know, and all this stuff. And then Bob came down with, he'd been working on some glass and got a cut and came down with hepatitis. Oh. We hadn't, the adoption was not final. Wow. And they were going to come and visit in the home again. And I thought, <gasps> yeah, I, everything makes you nervous. You know, everything and I thought they're going to take these yep. babies away from us. Yep. And Carol said, that would be the most cruel thing to do. Still, this when, happens, you're, in, you know, when you're in because we were in quarantine, right? We, <laughs> yeah, we, we couldn't leave the house. We yeah. Yeah. Every phone call makes you jumpy. Yeah. And every, yeah, everything is, is just, you feel like, you feel like your whole life is up in the air and you don't you like even just are we going on vacation? Well, I don't know. Depends on how the next court date goes. Yes, and, exactly. And before we go on vacation, what form do we have to file and who, oh, yeah. and how it's it unless you've been through it, it's really hard to explain. Yes. Um there's all the stuff of bringing home a, any child and then there's all this other like the court stuff is just an entirely different language. Yeah. I don't understand it. You Did know, you know Gail Ward? I I knew her. I didn't know her like I knew Carol. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Gail was our yeah. Carol. Because she and... looked, she opened the 
pack it first on our thing. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, what we would have done without Gail yeah. and the Kinship Center, I have no idea. I mean, we'd, we would have been totally lost. Yeah. I, and I think it, we would have given up at some point because yeah. you just don't know what to do. Right. Um, at, at least we don't. We're not bright people, so we didn't know what to do. Well, we had the boys nine months after we first went to the first meeting. Nine months. That, nine months. That's how long it takes to the old-fashioned way to have a baby. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We, so we, were... we, um, we went to our first informational meeting. Uh, so Isabel came home at 18 months, but we went to our first informational meeting like two weeks after she was born, like wow. right when she was being born, we were wow. starting the process. Wow, so that, and you know, you, you don't be like, that's a God thing. But at the same time you go at the same time, our daughter was being born. God was stirring in our hearts. Hey, this might be something I'm calling you to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. You, we do, I do, that is a, something I hide in my heart as a, as a little treasure, you know? Um, well, that's good. And now, grandkids and I know all the so stuff blessed. see Victoria every school day I'm Victoria's oh isn't she the best pupil you've she ever she is she the is... finest homeroom student oh, in the history is... of the world oh that's right you don't really teach her well I would say <laughs> by example maybe. I, I, w- I would say the mentoring in that 10 minutes is valuable <laughs> yeah. of course it is she says oh Pastor Grant is so funny yeah looking <laughs> Uh, (laughs) yeah it's a neat class yeah and so i see her all the time and have sam has made me sandwiches before i don't think he i what is sam doing now i don't know if we can tell sam's story on here it's not his podcast but he's like he's He's, kicking life down well he's supposed you know he finished an internship with a salesforce.com this summer in the Uh city whoa whoa high powered oh uh, his apartment, he furnished an apartment, you know, of course he had roommates overlooking the Embarcadero. There's the, <sighs> there's the Bay Bridge right in there. I mean, he's a half a block off the, Yeah. I'm going, oh, anyway, yeah. uh, he loves the city and, my, and Chris says it's my fault. But well, it, it's, it kind of is. It's not the end of the world to have a grandson to go visit up I in know, the city. That's... I know. It was really neat. But he's uh, finished. He'll graduate in May uh-huh. from CSUMB and has been offered a position with Salesforce.com. Congratulations, Grandma. Yeah. What a neat family. And uh, That's good. And then Dennis's kids are doing really well in school. They're in Salinas. Yeah. And I don't see them as often as I would like. Which you know? would be every day. Yeah. 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 And But I am the best granny in the whole world you know what what do you go by what's the <laughs> granny what, granny is the handle this is how it happened so so when sam was going to be born so chris used to chris moved in with my mom okay when she was not well uh mentally yes and um he he had never given us a problem he turned 18 and he decided it was his rules Okay, not yeah. mom and dad's Fair enough. Rules. I think I remember and that. And he yeah. was not, he was not horrible. He wasn't sure. really, you know, into a lot hard. of bad things. Yeah. But he wasn't hanging with some really good people and stuff. And like, anyway, circumstances led him to um, decide he wasn't, didn't enjoy being beat up. Mm-hmm. And um, so one day I was over at mom's because I had to check on her real regularly, of course. And he's coming in with his clothes. And I said, "This was unbeknownst to you." Because he had moved out. He had oh, moved in with an apartment. Oh, I with see. Some, okay. Yeah. So he's coming in with his clothes and stuff. I, I looked down. I said, "What are you doing?" I'm moving in. 
with Granny. And he, she goes, that's right. And that's the way it is. I said, okay. <laughs> okay. I was so relieved. At least relieved. you had them yes, both ma'am. in one spot. I yeah. was so relieved. Yeah. I'm going, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Trying Lord. not thank to act, trying not to yeah. do an end zone yeah. dance. Oh, oh well, okay, yeah. if that's okay. what you guys want. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to tell you, he cared for my mom. Mm. He changed her diapers. Mm. He would help shower. Mm. I didn't. That was not expected of him. We yeah. had, and that, there's not too many just, young men that age that's that would do that. Just the way he was. Yeah. And but I digress because the granny came from. He teased my mom. She'd say, "You can call me anything, but don't call me granny." Oh, and he funny. would call her granny. Yeah. And she, yeah, she didn't like it, right? You <laughs> she know. got a kick out so, of it, probably. anyway, he said, when Sam was going to be born, what would you like to be called? And I said, he can call me, or, yeah, we didn't mm-hmm. know it was a yeah. he at the time. I says, well, the baby can call me anything except Mima. I do not want to be a mama or Mima. I, no. <laughs> and he said, okay. Granny, it is. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that, that's what Granny. it was. You know, it's funny. I think Marion Darby is Mima. Yeah. My grandma was Grandma Combs. She was Grandma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then Emily, my oldest, uh, Grandma came out of her as Mima. And I'd never heard Meemaw before. Had and then since then, like, that's a pretty common thing. Right. Like, that when kids are trying to say grandma, Meemaw comes out a lot. So, yeah. We my... had some Southerners. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, go ahead. And that's what it was. It was Meemaw, and I didn't like the sound of it. Yeah. Well, you're a city girl. You're yeah. sophisticated. What do yeah, you expect? That's right. right. Cos- very cosmopolitan. Yeah. Very milk truck riding. That's right. There's <laughs> not going to be any Meemaws around here. <laughs> Well, that's excellent. Well, I know that you're on a schedule, so we should probably wrap it up. But man, what a delightful hour. Thank you so much well, for coming you. in. Well, and you know what? I'm so glad I concentrated on the Lord and decided not to be frustrated or frightened. That a girl? I don't <laughs> But you know what, Grant? You are a special gift. Oh, you have that thank you. you have that personality that uh, don't cut this out either, Patrick. <laughs> he he needs the credit. Um you have this person, you're welcoming. Yeah. You have this, uh, your heart is in your face. Mm. So I appreciate you. Well, thank I you. I love Likewise. you. I've loved you from the beginning. I love you too. This is, you know, it is such a special, like from the word go, we're, we haven't been a, a big church, but it's a church where people get along and there's a lot of love. And my family's been just absorbed and loved like crazy good they should be yeah they're neat (laughs) (laughs) and um and you know we 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 feel like we've given a lot of love and but not near as much as we've received and it's a it's a special place we're grateful it is special aren't you glad i'm so glad the lord brought us together brought us here amen well that's a great place to end hey lighthouse have a great friday afternoon sherry my dear friend thank you very much for coming thank you all right we'll see you guys later (laughs) 